Welcome to the Hands Up, Don't Shoot podcast, where I, your host, Ashley France Howell, tell the stories of Black victims of police brutality. Welcome to episode 10. Today, I'll be telling you the stories of Ayanna Stanley Jones and Timothy DeWayne Thomas Jr. Now, I know I was supposed to cover them last week, but the events that had happened just, they really upset me. And I really just wanted to talk about that with you guys, but we are back on track. I do want to give a trigger warning for this episode because it does involve the killing of a child. So if that's something that you don't want to hear, or if it makes you uncomfortable, please, please, please feel free to skip to part two. Unfortunately, Black children are also victims of police brutality, and the following is the story of one of those children. Ayanna Monet Stanley Jones was born on July 20, 2002 in Detroit, Michigan. Her parents were Dominica Stanley and Charles Jones. Ayanna's favorite color was pink, and she loved the Disney princesses. So this story actually starts on May 14th, 2010. There was a shooting on the east side of Detroit, and the shooting victim was a high school senior. It's really kind of sad how this story sort of comes full circle because of how everyone was connected. So the shooter named Chauncey Owens was the boyfriend of Ayanna's aunt, and her name was LaCrystal Sanders. The person that provided the gun to shoot this high school senior was Ayanna's dad, Charles. Just thinking about how everyone is connected and how this could have been avoided is really sad. And so it just, it makes me wonder how they're feeling about their actions. When police found out who Chauncey Owens was and the fact that he was the shooter, they issued a warrant for his arrest. And two days later, on May 16th, 2010, they arrived at the duplex where... Ayanna was staying with her grandmother in the bottom level, and then on the top level, LaCrystal, Ayanna's aunt, was living there, and I'm assuming they thought her boyfriend lived there too. And so I don't think they really understood that Chauncey was on the top floor, and Ayanna and her grandma were on the bottom floor. The Detroit Special Response Team, which I guess is their version of a SWAT team, they arrived at about 12.40 a.m. to serve the warrant, 
and Ayana was sleeping in her grandmother's lap and her grandma was watching TV in the living room. And all of a sudden, a flash grenade was thrown into the front window. And this grenade was so close to Ayana that her blanket caught fire. Once the grenade was thrown and sort of chaos ensued, one of the officers at the scene, Officer Joseph Weekly, fired a single shot and that bullet went through Ayana's head and out of her neck. Police claimed that Ayana's grandmother hit the gun and that caused it to go off and hit Ayana in her head. But after doing some investigation, they realized that that story didn't really fit what happened and it was changed a few times. And so this is another case of where we really only have the word of the police officer because remember, they threw the flashbang into the window. And so as someone who is not expecting that to happen, you become disoriented and can't really see what's going on or what's happening. Now, this was a much bigger scene than it should have been. When the special response team was serving the warrant, they were actually accompanied by a camera crew from the first 48. And it was said that the flashbangs are something that are pretty much never used. And so they think that this was used for kind of that, that extra um to give the television crew something to put on the TV show. Ayana was rushed to the hospital but unfortunately, she was pronounced dead when she got there. Ayana was only seven years old. Chauncey Owens was actually upstairs, and he was arrested, charged, and convicted of the murder of that high school senior. And again, like I mentioned earlier, Charles Jones, who was Ayana's father, was charged and convicted for providing the gun that was used to kill the high school senior. Before the trials that happened the next year, there was a lot of talk of excessive force that was used and there was someone quoted as saying the officers had, quote, gone Hollywood. We know that they were recording this incident for a national television show. And so it seemed as though they were sort of doing extra and doing more than was necessary for them to serve that warrant. The next year, on October 4th, 2011, a Wayne County grand jury had indicted Officer Weekly for involuntary manslaughter and reckless endangerment with a gun. So the first trials ended in a mistrial, and that was June 2013. And this was because the jurors couldn't agree on a verdict. 
just under three years later, there was the retrial, and that was on September 23rd, 2014. On October 3rd, Judge Cynthia Gray Hathaway dismissed the involuntary manslaughter charge because she said that there was a lack of evidence. And so this left him with the reckless endangerment with the gun charge. On October 10th, the second trial ended in a mistrial as well. And this was because the jury, again, deadlocked on a verdict. About a year and a half later, on January 28th, 2015, a prosecutor named Kim Worthy cleared Officer Weekly on the reckless endangerment charge. And this was to make sure that there wouldn't be a third trial. After the shooting, Officer Weekly was on paid leave for about five years. And by April 2015, he was able to return to work, but it was said that he would be restricted and not allowed to be in the field. While this story is truly, truly tragic, there were a couple of positives that did come out of it. The first is that in April of 2019, a civil trial was about to begin between the family and Detroit. But four days before that was supposed to happen, the city of Detroit reached an $8.25 million settlement with Ayana's family. And it was announced by Detroit Corporation Counsel Lawrence Garcia. He said that, quote, Ayana's death was a tragic loss for her family and has been a heavy burden on our community. We believe today's settlement is fair because it balances the needs of Ayana's family and our responsibility for the city's finances. We hope this resolution will provide everyone involved a measure of closure, end quote. There was also a law created in Detroit that banned television crews from accompanying Detroit police officers. And lastly, I'm pretty sure you've heard this song before, but Crooked Smile by J. Cole was released on June 4th, 2013. And his video for that song was released on September 18th, 2013. And it was dedicated to Ayana. If you check it out, you can see the similarities between what happened to Ayana and what happened to his little sister in the video. So if you get a chance, go check it out. It's pretty heartbreaking, but it's a it's a fairly powerful video. That was the story of Ayana Stanley Jones. Now I'm going to tell you the story of Timothy Dwayne Thomas Jr. Before I start, I do want to let you guys know that this Timothy Dwayne Thomas Jr. is not the one in Alabama. When I was doing research, I found that there were a few men named 
Timothy Dwayne Thomas Jr. And again, I just want to let you guys know that this is not the one in Alabama. The story I'm going to tell today is the Timothy that lived in Ohio. Okay, so now that we've got that out of the way, here's the story of Timothy Dwayne Thomas Jr. Timothy Dwayne Thomas Jr. was born on July 25th, 1981, and his parents were named Timothy Thomas Sr. and Angela Leisure. While we don't know too much about Timothy's childhood or what it was like for him growing up, what we do know is that he was able to complete his GED and at the time of his death, he had a three-month-old son named Taiwan. We also know that Timothy was really interested in a career in electronics and he was able to secure a job from a temp agency, and he was actually supposed to start two days after he was killed. Now, before we get to the night that Timothy was killed, I want to talk about the events that led to this night. What happened to him was absolutely tragic and more than likely could have been avoided had Timothy not had so many run-ins with police officers. Timothy was pulled over 11 times in a span of two months, with almost all of the citations being non-moving violations for things like not wearing a seatbelt or driving without a license. Timothy was issued about 21 citations for these offenses, and although what he did was breaking the law, it's not something an officer can see or know before pulling someone over. So this became a sign that Timothy was probably a target of racial profiling. In the early morning hours of April 8th, Timothy left his apartment. He told his family he was going to the store to buy some cigarettes. He was walking down the street in a neighborhood called Over the Rhine, which is a neighborhood in southwestern Cincinnati, Ohio. As Timothy passed a nightclub, he was spotted by an off-duty Cincinnati police officer who was there working security. He was recognized, and the officer knew that Timothy had misdemeanor charges out against him. Timothy began running, and he was chased by officers for about 10 minutes. Timothy ran into an alleyway where he ended up in front of Officer Stephen Roach, who heard a radio alert about a fleeing suspect with 14 warrants. Officer Roach said that he wasn't aware that the charges were nonviolent offenses. In Officer Roach's version of the events, he said that he saw Timothy reaching into his waistband to get what he thought was a gun. But on the other hand, Officer Roach also said that his gun just went off and he ended up shooting Timothy once in the chest. So we do know that Timothy was unarmed when he was shot, but we don't know exactly what he was doing or even if he was reaching for his waistband. It was said that he may have been pulling his pants up because they were sagging. Officer Roach claimed that he called for an ambulance after he shot Timothy 
and Timothy was rushed to the hospital, but unfortunately, he was pronounced dead at 3.02 a.m. Timothy was 19 years old. Just a day after the shooting on April 9th came the beginning of the Cincinnati riots. The riots lasted four days from April 9th to April 13th. An article from MSNBC that I found said, quote, Public outrage over the shooting soon grew as residents in Cincinnati's over-the-Rhine neighborhood vented their frustrations on the streets. The unrest roiled the city for three nights. Officials called for a state of emergency and a citywide curfew was imposed. Riot police swept the streets, firing off rounds of tear gas and rubber bullets to disperse the crowds. Dozens of people were injured, more than 800 arrested. End quote. There was over $3.6 million in property damage in downtown Cincinnati and in the over the Rhine neighborhood. Officer Roach was tried for negligent homicide in September of 2001, but he was acquitted and ended up resigning from the Cincinnati Police Department. There wasn't a jury trial and everything was heard by Judge Ralph Winkler. Officer Roach later began working as a police officer in another town uh, called Evandale. And when the public found this out, there were protests and lots of opposition because of his involvement in Timothy's death. While it seems as if Timothy's family didn't really get any justice for Timothy's death, what happened afterwards helped to spark change in the police department. So there were talks of getting body cameras and increasing community engagement and changing protocols. So this is really what we want. We want the police to act better. We want the police to do better. We want the police to make better decisions. It's a long time coming, but hopefully eventually it can be done. And that family was the story of Timothy Dwayne Thomas Jr. Thank you so much for listening. You can find me on Facebook by searching for the Hands Up, Don't Shoot podcast group on Instagram at HUDSPOD or my website at www.hudspod.com. Remember, HUDSPOD is spelled H-U-D-S-P-O-D. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure you get the latest episodes. And if you don't mind, please leave me a five-star review. Stay safe, and I'll see you next week.